A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Homo Sapiens listeners. I'm just jumping on here. Did you hear me jump? To tell you that we have exciting news. If you want to listen to Homo Sapiens without the ads, now you can. You can subscribe to Homo Sapiens Plus on Apple Podcasts and all future episodes will be ad-free. How do you sign up? Well, go inside your Apple Podcasts app, go to our Homo Sapiens homepage and the option to subscribe to Homo Sapiens Plus for £1.49 a month is there. There's also BT Dubs, a seven-day free trial available, so you can try before you buy, which is my favourite. I like to do that in the supermarket whenever they've got a little snack being handed out. Anyway, I digress. Hello, this is part two of my, my, our, all of us, delightful chat with Mark Gatiss and Ian Hallard talking about their new show. It's a comedy play all about ABBA. We were talking about why LGBT people like ABBA and we never actually got the answer. No, that's yeah. true. Um, I think it's a combination of things. I think, uh, well, I don't know. I, all I can speak about, I guess, is why I like them. And I, I'm... Uh, I'm a gay man. Um, what? Whether, but whether, uh, whether that's universal. That joke never, I mean, it I... never fails. <laughs> <laughs> it never doesn't work. I mean, on, I, 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 their voice, the the two women's voices, I all just kind of touch me emotionally in a way that no no other singers do. I think the the songs are amazing and the production of productions brilliant. Um, and I think sometimes the uh, the kind of the, the camp, I don't know, again, they're, they're, they're sort of, they are camp, of course they are. Um, and I think in the best way that, that certain camp things are, they, they're not knowingly camp. They don't know that they're camp. And I remember, I remember Benny giving an interview God, probably about 20 years ago and he, he was, he was slightly mystified as to why the queer community have embraced them. So, because obviously their, their image on the face of it is two very heterosexual couples. Mm. Um, but you look at those performances. You look at the video for "Take a Chance on Me" and kind of. And beca- I think because it's because it's done so kind of earnestly in a way, and then but then you've got yeah. like the winner takes it all, the, and you see Anietta with a sort of dishevelled perm and a, and all the blue eyeshadow, and you sh- you just kind of go, it's kind of there's a there's a sort of seriousness, but also a, alongside an absurdity and the kind of. Uh, the, I was quoting like some of the lyrics. If you take them out of context, the first verse of "Mamma Mia," I, I was cheated by you since I don't know when. So I made up my mm. mind; it was come to an end. Look at me now; will I ever learn? It's like, and then, and, and you don't kind of really think about how bleak those lyrics are when they're being sung yeah. in sort of white satin flares with big smiley faces. It's it's a funny thing, though, isn't it? Because it's like defining camp is impossible because if you try to define it, it evaporates like smoke. But mm. I think one of the the biggest <laughs> familiar things is that is the sort of earnestness if 
it's also you know they also they start for us with Eurovision, which is obviously a great way to mm. to kick that off. But to me, it's a it's an amazing combination of things. It's the fact that they do it straight faced, but the songs are a combination of banging disco songs with very bleak lyrics. Often, that mm. sort of earnestness. Obviously, there's spangly costumes and 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 flares early on, but it's there's just something indefinable about it. Uh, and I, but I think it's it may be something indefinably Swedish about them that we 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 forget we forget they're Swedes and therefore you know like Bergman they they have a they have a, they have a gloomy side to them and mm. maybe maybe it's the the weird combination of the two things of these very upbeat songs with these rather melancholy sort of fractured relationship lyrics that 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 do it yeah it's like. Rhinestones and sadness is just very compelling, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's that's your memoir. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the also the cliche, obviously, of the two sort of divas kind of appealing to the to, to gay men as well. And you've all, and, and you've got the kind of contrast as well between you've got one one blonde, one brunette, and that just the the, the kind of the. Uh, the Do you think Frida is Agnetta's evil twin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It's like, because I, so from my youth, 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 like four years old, I remember so distinctly. I think you were say four years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even I'm not that deluded. I remember like it was um, in our sitting room, the television sat on like a chest and that faced towards the staircase and so at night, I was you were told to go to bed, but then I would come down and I'd sit on the staircase and I could watch television through the open door and no one would know I was there. Uh, not that it was a particularly strict household. And um, But I remember watching Whitney Houston on Top of the Pops and that I Want to Dance with Somebody video with all those colours and it was like, it was like a, a bolt into my brain. And she sort of is my ABBA, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um but then I, but then I also remember Abba, and I just remember so distinctly, like that, a, a, a long blonde piece of swishing hair with light behind it, and a swishy bell-bottom leg, and just being like, yes. Mm. But I don't know why. Why? What? What did I know it for? That? Why did that speak to me? You know, it's so you strange. Find, you, I find it very comforting, and uh, it's a strange, uh, sort of distant connection that. That you think that you're, you think you're the only one, and then <laughs> yeah. you meet someone who has such a similar story. I don't know if you've seen Rob Madge's um, one man show. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm it's, dying to. It's very lovely, and the reason they're able to do it is that they have all this incredible video footage. So the whole, it's not just it's not like it's not like we have a we have a memory of Ian having those plats and no photograph. Rob's got. All, it's all on camera, so it's wow. incredible. But what's what's absolutely beautiful is how many, how, how similar it is to so many of the people's experience. You know, putting on mm. a show in the front room, there's proper diva-ish behavior at the age of five. Is this is this camera working? Oh, what is it? Are you filming? They say to their dad all the time, and I love that idea that that when you grow up feeling very isolated sometimes you discover you have this community that you were part of that you never even had any idea that was was your tribe and that's one of the things that kind of the play sort of touches on as well the um my own experience of of uh of of that isolation and the fact that obviously I grew up and I was a teenager just at the point when ABBA was so unfashionable I mean Mm. I mean they were never the height of fashion even in in the 70s but when it hit them the sort of early mid late 80s 
they they were they were a complete joke um and i remember my own 18th birthday party i had to take my own vinyl seven inch singles because the dj didn't have any abba to play and that was the only one i was like it's it's my it's my party and i will i will have abba played at my party if i want to exactly Um, and 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 going to djs at that time (laughs) and when i was sort of 17 18 and it was just on the cut they were just about to be the rival but it was that they were sort of in a proper a proper dip in their um, mm. uh, public awareness, and DJs openly laughing in my face when I requested "Dancing Queen." I go, I'm not playing I that. Remember, I remember yeah. that time. Yeah, it was yeah. like people didn't want to know. We call it the dark time. <laughs> <laughs> the dark time. The time of chaos. Yeah, we, the time we speak not of. Um, <laughs> but then, what turned it round? Did someone cool put it on something, or something cool happen? Or the real, the real kind of the first. I mean, there've been sort of several sort of revivals over the years, and obviously, Mamma Mia was one of them. But the main, the, the first one was nineteen ninety two, and it was a combination of things. It was uh, Erasure. I don't know if you remember had did the, did an NEP of ABBA cover versions, which went to number one for five weeks. Actually, and funny enough, of course, they did dra- they did dress up in that's as true. that's probably the first that's drag ever performance because the vi- their video oh, for "Take a Chance on Me" has, has, Andy has Andy Bell and, and Clark dressed up as them. Well, uh, don't so worry, we'll cut that, that bit out. We'll cut. That <laughs> out. <laughs> they, it's all right. They didn't go on tour. They weren't a tribute uh, band. It's fine. They're allowed. Then, it, it was Bjorn, uh, then Bjorn, Bjorn again, again yeah. who were the first, obviously, the big tribute act from Australia. Yes. Uh, hit the big time that year and it can it coincided with the release of abba gold obviously which was the big kind mm. of greatest hits repackage and all those three things kind of uh came at the same roughly the same time and then after that they kind of never never really they looked back. Like. but it is it's kind of it's rather lovely that people have different jumping on points you know they abba gold was a huge thing and then so kids who'd never heard of them just thought i really love this and then mama mia has done the same in various iterations and I, to me, it's just because they're so good. You know, that's the truth mm. of it. Uh, it doesn't always happen. There are people who are neglected who should be much better celebrated. But Abra are just really, really, really good. And I, I think that, that lasts. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I know I should know this. Have they written songs for other people? Um, yes. Way back in the beginning, they were producing and writing stuff for other, for other artists. Obviously, then when Abba, sort of 74, 75, they just focused on Abba. Then, obviously, the reason that they kind of went on hiatus in 1983 was to start writing chess with Tim Rice. But mm-hmm. a couple of years later, after they'd finished that, if Frieda and Agnetta had been available and up for it, it's possible they might have come back together then. Um, but what? But for whatever reason, they didn't. So they did a couple of albums, pop albums, with a Swedish brother and sister duo called Gemini. Benning Bjorn did, which they wrote wrote and produced. And then also another Swedish singer called Josephine Nielsen in the early nineties, they produced an album for her. And they've so they've collaborated on, on various various things. And obviously they've written music and stuff. So so yeah, so they've done quite a bit of I bet you wish you'd never asked that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say God love a forensic answer. I mean, I was like, I li- literally, what well, there's, my mind is like, has Ian been on Mastermind? Um, if you re- well, there's a couple of, I mean, and, and there's a couple that obviously they're so uh, so, so Abba sounding. There's a there's a, a great Gemini track called "Another You, Another Me" from their first album, which you can which is so Abba, and it's probably the best song on the album. It's well worth looking up, and you can imagine. And yet, and Frieda singing that one. Yeah, because it's interesting. Because do you remember where there was this kind of BG-fication of pop music when the Bee Gees mm. were huge, and then they wrote all Barbra Streisand songs and mm-hmm. all these other mm-hmm. songs that, when you put them next to each other, 
They're just Bee Gees tracks. Like, but it, they what's are... interesting about that was that they they did that because just they were so huge. They they became massively unfashionable, mm. and yeah. the only way they could they could get their songs made was to write them for other people. But yeah, it is extraordinary how how Bee Gees they are. Well, well, and not only that, of course, but they didn't only write them, but they're they're doing very prominent ah, backing vocals yeah. on stuff like oh, Ch- really? Chain Reaction yeah. by Anna, Diana oh, Ross. Yeah. It is like the Bee Gees ah, feature. You can just hear that Diana constantly. Can't you? Yeah. <laughs> Where, whereas at least Benny and Bjorn, they were, they were never going to be singing on their own songs. <laughs> uh, so uh, so it, it doesn't sound like ABBA in the same way. And I think that's the thing, no matter how brilliant the songs are, there's, there's, there is still that the magic is slightly missing because it's not sung by Frida and Agnetta. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, boys, changing tack a little. What, we're not going to talk about ABBA anymore? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sure we'll right, find a I'm way. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you're making this show, as uh, this ABBA-related show, as a couple, we've been talking on social media to listeners about red flags. Do you know what a red flag is? Mm-hmm. For anyone who doesn't know, a thing oh, with dating I thought, dating it, I thought it was shouldn't. what was flying along all British beaches now because they're <laughs> covered in shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Plus, if you things you should look see in a potential date or a date and avoid. So you've been sending all in listeners. You've all been sending in. Funny you mentioned it actually, Mark, because the first one I've got written here is people who litter, which actually is beaches oh, as well. Yes. Uh, of course, that's a red flag. Yeah, yeah. Dan says lack of authenticity, which is a harder one to find, as in to identify. I would imagine. That's going to take a couple on of a dates. first date as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, T. A. Goodson says late and liars. Does that mean dead liars? Late, late liars. <laughs> That's a bit no. Just strange. if they're late, because <laughs> to me that they're... death is a red flag. That is definitely a red yeah. Flag. I like him alive. Call me fussy. <laughs> yeah. uh, any red flags of yours, boys? I don't know. It's been a long time since I went on a date with, <laughs> with someone else. Mm. So I, I'm trying to think of. Um, well, I suppose rather. The big thing for me, and this isn't necessarily about dating or um, or sort of romantic or, or or sexual potential encounters, but just generally socially, the big red flag for me are people who are not interested in anyone other than themselves. Mm. That's and that's the thing. Now I have so little time for in any kind of social setting. If you sit down and someone is clearly they just want to talk about themselves and they ask no questions and have no curiosity about anyone else. Is something I just like. Oh, God, you know, I'm you know what tired. we were talking earlier about being sort of simpatico. We had one of those uh, a while ago with someone who was clearly not interested in talking about anything, and I and Ian just looked at me across the table, and I thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are thinking very alike here, you know. Yeah, it's very it's... true. That it's amazing how often you get that that people just and, and and in the same in the positive way when someone says asks after your other half or. Or, mm. or what you're in up to 
as opposed to just sort of um, monologuing about themselves. That's a, <clears> that's an instant thing. I think you just you can tell an awful lot of people. My, Narc- narcissism, basically. My isn't it? my big one is uh, people who don't like dogs. Uh, I like cats and dogs, but I love dogs, and I think you can love both. But I don't think you can quite trust people who don't like dogs. I think that's true. There's something missing in them. I, I'm I, a, I'm a little more sympathetic in case. <laughs> Because I, I think if if someone has had a very unfortunate yes, in, yes. incident as a child and been attacked by a dangerous dog, I think if that's made them scared of dogs for life, I don't think you can hold that. That's against true, but they should wear a, they should wear a little sign like Holly Hunter around their necks to that to that <laughs> so, so, so that, that they've got an excuse. So they got an excuse. Okay. Yeah, I know what you mean though, because um, he's going to tell us he doesn't like dogs now. <laughs> no, I love dogs. I have a very noisy dog. But the thing about people talking about not asking questions and stuff. It's so true. And it's actually loads of people have written it. Like Daniel says, gossip, drugs, narcissism, pretense. I mean, what a date is all I can say. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> where did you go? But it's like, you know, it, I feel sorry for people who don't listen and who don't ask questions because you're missing out, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you sit and talk to someone, you can learn stuff from them and learn about their lives and you'll you know you, you'll walk away you, learning something you, sorry i'm talking over you <laughs> <laughs> shut up stop talking <laughs> talk about now i want to talk about me um, do you remember um a great interviewer called mavis nicholson i don't remember mavis nicholson right um she used to be on afternoon plus uh, when i was a kid she died last year she was a really great broadcaster mm. her speciality was she would interview people in the middle of the afternoon on tv when you know, when sort of daytime TV started. But people were never on plugging things. It wasn't a chat show circuit thing. Unlike this. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I remember um, that's when I first came across uh, James Baldwin, who I knew nothing about. And and she did this incredible interview with Kenneth Williams, which is unlike anything else he ever did, where he he talks very candidly about his suicidal tendencies. and It's extraordinary. Mm. But she was brilliant at it because she just – listened to people and she she had interesting people on who wanted to talk about stuff not not necessarily just plugging what they were their latest play say but uh <laughs> but it, it's it's a it's a bit of a lost form really i think and i suppose podcasts have, have kind of brought that back because there's yeah. so much more content and people are interested in listening to people's stories but it's i find it very heartening because we we're constantly being told that everyone's attention span has shrunk to two seconds or something and actually people are committing to long-form dramas and books and and podcasts and serials because they really love the unfolding nature of people's experience and that's i think that's very gladdening well that's what's interesting about it isn't it you say people's attention spans are getting shorter but then they are doing like you're just saying doing all those podcasts and things and i think it's actually they're just not getting it elsewhere Mm, so then they end up retreating Mm. to these longer form things because we're used to things happening over a long period of time like we just we had a baby nine months ago congratulations thank you and like spending time with her i'm like this is the perfect way to get to know someone you don't talk for the first year like you Mm. can't you just communicate Mm. with signs I find everything she does funny. She finds everything I do funny. Like, what a great kickoff, you know? And things that are slower are better, I think. Although it's a red flag on a date if you don't speak for a year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wait till year three, then do it. It it depends on the kind of date, doesn't it? If you're doing other stuff that you're enjoying more, maybe you don't need to speak. I knew this would take a (laughs) full 
this tawdry podcast. Um, well, actually, yes. Grant Walker says those are only ever on transmit. So transmit mode, which I presume mm-hmm. sort of means the same thing. Yeah, um, very much so. Telling me about their recent sex life and asking me about mine. I've never had that on the first date. Mm-hmm. Uh, negative people. Mood hoovers. But actually, all these things are for people you're working with, people you're friends, gaslighters, and people who say things like, I'm not racist, but... Yeah, that's not... That's her. That's not a good I would say. Um, boys, so let me ask you a question. Uh, I'm moving away from gas... Uh, not, no, not gaslighting. Gas- red gaslighting. <laughs> I'm, I'm, mo- I'm going to stop gaslighting you both. What... <laughs> What um what's next for you both? I mean you're you're at the beginning of your tour, right? So that's probably gonna be keeping you busy. Yes, yeah, I'm I'm doing this till June, so I don't know uh, what will happen after that. Um the the producers are, are are sounding very positive about a future life for it. Um and obviously okay. I'd be I I'd I'd be quite happy to carry on playing this part until forever, really. So I I'll I'll just have to keep making the character a bit older and <laughs> no, there'll, there'll so, be a voyage there'll be a voyage like uh sort of version yes, <laughs> in 40 years cross between yes. the mouse trap and voyage <laughs> and have a projection show yes <laughs> uh so yeah so that's me for the for the foreseeable future but mark's mark's um off to pastures new next week so where are your pastures new mark i have four days off and then i st- I start rehearsals at the National Theatre for a new play by Jack Thorne called The Motive in the Queue, which Sam Mendes is directing, which which I play uh, Sir John Gilgood. That's so exciting. And Johnny Mm. Flynn is in it as well, is that Johnny Flynn's Richard Burton, yes, and Tuppence Middleton. Yeah, it's all back to uh, Burton and Taylor again. I I got that in, definitely, earlier on. I teed it up. (laughs) Yeah, very exciting. Absolutely terrifying. Perhaps the biggest challenge of my entire career. And I, but I've got four and, days to And the biggest, challenge, <laughs> the biggest challenge for me is because Mark is going to have to recreate and reproduce John Gielgud's hairstyle. If you can call it a hairstyle. But no, <laughs> so all, what, all of this is going to have to go and it'll be a kind of little sort of old man monk's tonsure around there. Oh, for, oh, there's no foreseeable months, which is why... There'll be a, there'll be a lot of what, hats worn. Which is why I'm going on tour, so I don't have to see it every day. <laughs> So, Mark, did did you do the Mission Impossible films, or am I dreaming? No, I have. Yeah, I've do, I'm in the the next two, and uh, I got um, I got the cake at Christmas. Tom sends cakes. Mm. He's famous for sending cakes to people, and um, obviously, I was afraid to open it in case it blew up. But uh, <laughs> the, the, it was lovely. The delivery guy it was just before Christmas. The, the the bell rang, and I went to the door, and there was this man, and it, with a box to sign, and he went. It's from Tom Cruise, and he was he was properly it was properly made up. It was really exciting. <laughs> Boys, you're wonderful. Thank you so much, um, listeners. What can I say? It's been emotional. <laughs> Next Thursday, we'll be speaking to Scotty, award-winning artist and broadcaster, for a brilliant chat. Get in touch. Stay connected. Homo sapiens at Homo sapiens on Instagram, Facebook at Homo sapiens podcast, and email us your comments, your questions, and your agony uncles to hello at Homo sapiens podcast.com. Loads of love to you all. Bye for now. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Powered by Spirit Studios.